You're listening to an extra shot episode on the Project Zion podcast, a shorter episode that lets you get your Project Zion fix in between our full-length episodes. It might be shorter time-wise, but hopefully not in content. So regardless of the temperature at which you prefer your caffeine, sit back and enjoy this extra shot. and welcome to the Project Zion podcast in our series, Holy Grounds, which explores different ways that people practice spirituality. Our guest today is a lovely lady that I've known for, oh my gosh, 14 years. Can you believe it? I met Cass when she was just a wee little one when I lived in Australia. Cass, hi. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Hi. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. It's always good to talk to you. So Cass, tell us about yourself. What do you do? Who are you? All that stuff. Um, okay. My name's Cassandra Unger and I live in Sydney, Australia, and I work for the Community of Christ here, um, doing education, development, and leadership training around all of Australia. Oh, wow. Um, how long have you been working for Community of Christ? Ooh, I've been working uh, for about probably about five years, going on six. I spent three years over in Adelaide, kind of halfway across Australia, working with a congregation there um, in that local area and kind of being involved with all elements of of the the congregation there and it's functioning and then probably about two and a half years ago I moved back to Sydney to take on the the role that I have now and so um, which go ahead okay which kind of looks at um the training of people in the church be that priesthood training be that um camp classes um, child and youth protection training so all of that kind of is incorporated as well as the leading congregations in mission pilot, I liaise to that with the states. Oh, that sounds like a huge job, Cass. It can be a big job at, at times, and then um, other times it has little quiet periods where I get to work more with um, congregations here and participate with them with worship and sermons and, and their life. Oh, that sounds like a really great job. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, so... Um, having such a big job like that, uh, it sounds like it's probably pretty important for you to connect regularly with the divine. And I was wondering what spiritual practice do you use to best do that? I guess uh, the spiritual practice that I um, best connect with the divine is actually um, in a dance style called samba, or more specifically, the African-Brazilian foundations of that um, dance style. Oh gosh. Tell me more about this. Uh, Okay. Um, I guess I don't, I don't know how much you know about Samba. Samba is, um, a Brazilian style of dance that's often associated with like carnival in Rio. It's feathers and it's, um, sparkles and it's light and it's, and it's often light and fluffy. But, 
Um, it's unbelievably hard work. It's a lot of quick feet. It's a lot of booty movement. Um, and it's about trying to make it look easy, even though it's unbelievably um, difficult to maintain. However, this isn't my favorite kind of samba. Um, my favorite kind of samba doesn't have that many feathers. Um, and it's more um, those foundational movements. So it's the, the root movements that is influenced by the African um, people that were brought to Brazil. And so therefore it's got a lot of um, their worship of their, the gods that they used to worship, the Orishas. And so it's kind of grounded in water movements and strength movements and um, kind of connection to the earth. And so for me, it's much heavier, it's much grounded and it's it's connected to God, it's connected to the earth, it's connected to everyone around us. And so that's where I um, engage in a spiritual practice, that I can feel like a very small part of a much larger universe. Well, Cass, I knew that you love to dance, but I did not realize that that was like part of your spirituality. So what is it about the dance that um, makes it a spiritual practice for you? Is it is it the strength amount or is it just like all the focus that you have to have or is it something that I'm completely missing? I guess for me, the reason I see it as a bit of a spiritual practice is it's an opportunity to lose myself in that. And yes, it requires strength and concentration, but particularly with this kind of element of um, of samba, I, I hear that, that beat and I connect to it and my, like I instantly kind of drop down into the, the posture which you take, which is kind of leaning forward a little bit with your legs quite bent, kind of curling into the earth and I feel in that position, in that just connected. Um, and I think that's to me why this element is a spiritual practice and in that moment I can stop worrying about being in time with my teacher or transitioning correctly, but it's just about feeling my body and its quality and how it moves, wow. I guess. So I don't know. No, that's cool. You've been in dance for a long time, right? Yeah, I guess I've done many a different style of dance kind of throughout my life and started as a kid with with jazz and, and ballet and a smidgen of tap. But in the last kind of five or six years since I moved to Adelaide, I got started in Latin dance um, with salsa. And then particularly since I moved back um, to Sydney, um, a lot of samba. Um, that's cool. So when did you first start realizing that it was like a spiritual practice or it felt like a spiritual practice to you? Um. I guess, oh, that's an interesting question. I, the first time I ever saw Samba, it was a routine um, of this um, African body movement style, um, which is unusual. Normally, um, they're much more of a, of a carnival or a show sort of style. And so I saw it and I, I, loved it. I loved that connectedness and that um, heavy 
mess. I'm really not doing it very well of articulating this. Um, of the way it could connect to that, those essential elements in our life. And so with that kind of in my mindset, I really, I started classes and normally it's only one song. In the course of an hour, you might get one warm-up song that practices these movements. And for a long time, I found that quite stressful trying to figure out what I was doing or what my movements kind of should look like. And then probably at the beginning of last year, I had this desire to do a somber prayer, which I wasn't sure if was something that actually existed, if it was something that could be done, how that would exist and or, or form. And so I um, thought about it and we had our, our mission conference in Australia coming up and I spoke to my um, Samba teacher and I, well, I spent three months building up the courage to ask my Samba teacher if she would work with me um, to choreograph a prayer, which she did very beautifully because she's an excellent dancer and excellent choreographer. Um, and so I think in that process, it helped me to, to learn more of these foundational movements, but also to become more comfortable with myself and with God in that process. And so it just means now that whenever I hear um, that particular beat come on in our warm-up practice and I can kind of just wriggle down into myself and, and feel comfortable um, connecting during that time, that time of that one song or that time that I have in that structure. That sounds so cool. So you performed a, a, a samba prayer at your mission center conference. Is that what you are saying? I, I did. Um, yeah. So I, I performed it in the, at the Australian uh, mission center conference. And then I, um, cause that was, I don't know, two months maybe before the world conference um, last year. And then, so I then offered it um, to to be used in the, in the world conference, and it didn't quite fit in with their worship, worship schedule, which was fine. And then um, the the young adults asked if they could use it as part of their worship that they did one of the nights. And so I then got to offer that same prayer on the temple stage, which was pretty incredible for me. That is incredible. I'm I'm just so happy to hear that because you know this is not like what I've heard of when I think of a normal spiritual practice, you know, I think of a spiritual practice as silence or meditation, not like moving your body around with lots of glitter and feathers. But this sounds like my kind of spiritual practice. Wow. It's definitely my kind of spiritual practice. Yeah. So at the beginning, you said it sound it was really kind of stressful because you didn't quite know the moves. But then, like every spiritual practice, you start to understand your body understands what to do, whether it's breathing deeply, whether it's holding your hands in a certain way to get to that point, And then you just kind of get it. So I get it. This sounds like a really cool spiritual practice. Yeah. Thank you. So how often do you practice this? Um, so I guess I, I go to class every Monday, um, for about three hours. I do three classes back to back from beginners to advanced. Um, and normally 
Um, it's it's kind of random whenever my teacher decides to throw it in, but normally we do at least one warm up song, um, at least a week. Often, if she's in a particular mood, we might do one every class. Um, but I guess those those strength movements or those water movements um, or those those power or earth movements are incorporated into all of it. Um, and so there's moments when um, we might be dancing to Justin Bieber and, and those movements and those elements are still coming through. Um, and I, it just reminds me in that place that God is a part of that too. Yeah. So a question that I ask on Holy Grounds a lot is, how does doing this practice change you or change your day? And so how does this practice change you? I, I have been, I've been wondering this myself and I have been watching because um, last week we didn't actually do any um, African or very little African um, body movement um, stuff and there was, there was no particular song to it and I found that I was more tense and that I was less forgiving towards myself and towards other people in that class space and less, I guess, loving and recognizing that I'm just part of, of something bigger. And I think that's what this as a spiritual practice does. I can be very critical um, of myself and it reminds me that I'm part of something bigger and that I'm loved the way I am. And so with that, I can be more gracious, I think, with myself and with those around me. So, yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Other answers that I've heard sound very similar to yours. When they are in their practice, when they do their spiritual practice once a day or every other day or once a week, they, they find themselves to be more kind and loving, gracious, and especially to themselves. I... Um, I, we are not very kind to ourselves very often, or we have a tendency not to be kind to ourselves. And so I find that when I'm kinder to myself, I'm also kinder to others. So I'm glad to hear you say that. That's really smart. So that is just super cool. Cass, thanks for sharing that. Is there anything else you want to say about the dance or your dancing before we move on? I want to ask you more about different practices that you like too. Uh, no, I think I think that's um, most of of what I have to say. I guess the other element that I really love to to this particular style is that it does kind of incorporate breathing. Every every movement is an extension through the whole body, and with every step, it incorporates the breath, and that movement flows right through from the feet all the way through to the tips of the fingers, and so that movement extends the whole way. And I think. For me, that's a powerful reminder of how God can just move through everything. Um, so to me, like to have that whole body experience is important. Well, I believe that I've seen some of your performances on on Facebook, and you would definitely have to breathe to do those. Yeah, <laughs> they, they seem very intense. Intense is a good word for it. <laughs> and sparkly, which I also really love. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is kind of a, I was going to say this was a group practice, but really it's kind of like a, 
a personal practice, isn't it? I mean, you're in a group, but it's kind of like you're just doing it on your own a little bit. So Yeah, I'm not really sure where this sits in a group or, or personal practice because it is in a group and I have no idea. I've never asked what any of my other classmates are thinking during this time, how they find this. And I probably should just to to find out whether for them it's a spiritual practice or whether it's just an exercise to them. Yeah. I do do your other classmates know that you're a full time minister? They do. Um, yeah, they know that that's um, part of my job and, and I guess part of my life, um, which I find is really cool. They're a very lovely bunch of girls um, with a huge diversity with what they do and and with their backgrounds and their religious backgrounds. So it's really, I find it a really interesting melting pot of people that have come together for it. How cool. So I'm going to let you off the hook a little bit. And I'm going to say, if that's your favorite spiritual practice, do you have a second favorite spiritual practice? Since we don't know if it's a group or a personal practice. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you my second favorite spiritual practice that I'm engaging with at the moment. And that is um, writing notes of gratitude. Hmm. And so it's being, I guess, being thankful and being aware of the people in my life and um, the people that God, God has put in my life and has shaped, um, shaped, God has shaped them and that they've shaped me. And so it's writing them little notes um, of what it is that I appreciate about them, how they've shaped my life, but also articulating some of the giftedness that I see in them. Oh. How lovely. So do you do this like on a fairly regular basis or just after like an event that you see someone or how do you know when to write these notes? So I guess this year I've challenged myself almost like a New Year's resolution to do one a week. Um, That's kind of been my challenge. And I think I'm a little bit behind at the moment because it kind of comes in waves. Like there are sometimes there's an event or there's something that happens that makes me go, I really should write this person a note or I should... Uh, this person's on my mind and and maybe they just need something to remind them at this moment how special they are to me. And so sometimes it works like that and other times I find myself sitting at my desk kind of going, okay, who who can I write to? Who, who do I need um, to share this with? I totally agree with you. I don't think that we listen or maybe that we trust our thoughts enough in some ways. There are times when people will just come into my head like a flood and I'm like, I should call that person. And then like this doubt creeps in. I'm like, oh no, they're probably fine. You don't need to, you know, but every single time I've listened to that, um, I've been, it's been rewarding for both them and me usually when I listen to that. So I do think that we are connected on this much deeper level than we understand. So when those people come into your mind, I think, that it's pretty important that you follow up with that. And I think it's really cool that this year, that's your second favorite practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I find it very um, difficult, uh, particularly, I guess, with people that aren't um, in the church, in the community of Christ, in that circle, because that's something that we do quite often. We often share, I guess, in Australia at camps, we often share at the end of the camp how much we appreciate each other or there's 
little affirmation activities throughout that time. But I find because I've been doing it with um, sometimes people at church, sometimes people at dance class, sometimes my neighbors where I kind of live, and I find it is often very. Um, I'll hold on to that note for a while with, when it comes to people outside because I just don't n- know if that's unusual for them to receive a note explaining how much I appreciate them. And so, therefore, there's a, a vulnerability on my behalf to be like, is this a little bit weird or a little bit creepy for me to be saying, hey, I really love how much you're in my life? Yes, I think that that is a very real fear. And I'm sure that's pretty real for people inside the church as well. Although I think you're right. I think that we're pretty good at being huggy and expressing our feelings, <laughs> especially at church yeah. camps. <laughs> yeah, exposed to it a little bit. We certainly have. Um, well, Cass, you have talked about two spiritual practices that I have yet to hear on this podcast. And I think that is really, really cool. Glad I could provide something different. Yes. Uh, I just, maybe it's just that Australians are weird. I don't know. <laughs> it could be that too. Um, so Cass, do you, how did you first hear about the writing the notes? Did you just make it up or did someone ex- expose you to it or did you read about it? I think I kind of probably just made it up. Um, I, at, at the beginning of the year, I was, um, unable to go to the normal reunion that I went to and I was talking um, with a, one of the kids that often goes and I think I realized how much I missed not spending that time during reunion um, with some of those those youth that I um, do every year and so I was like maybe it's important to write them a note even though I don't see them and, and then I went well maybe this is a challenge I can have for the for the whole year to, to maintain this. So what a great idea. Yeah. Um, so you, uh, have, you work for the church and you have gone through mm-hmm. the seminary program. So you have your master's of religion. Congratulations. Thank you. And so I know that you've read a lot of different books and things like that. Do you have like a favorite resource that you might go to for different spiritual practices or that you have used at a, at a church that you've really liked or anything that you can share with us like that? Um, okay. I guess resource wise, I really enjoy the daily bread um, and receiving that. That is something that I um, receive. I get in the emails, but I've also in the last year really enjoyed um, writing for the daily bread and even just spending the time to think about, um, how God is influencing um, my life. Because I think when you really read the daily bread, whilst the daily bread can be used as a spiritual practice, it's often talking about other people's spiritual practices, the ways that they're connecting um, with God. And so that's one that I really enjoy. Um, another one which is often, I guess, good for incorporating um tactile elements into a worship is a book by a lady named Mandy Smith called Making a Mess with God. Um, And so it has a couple of group practices in it and it just has a creative way of thinking about um, the divine and connecting with the divine. And then I guess the last resource that I would think of um, is that I really get a lot out of um, is actually just listening to other people, listening to other people's 
um, stories and their experiences. Um, and I, I guess as I as I travel around and I teach, I often ask people what what spiritual practice they engage with regularly, just because I love hearing that diversity. And I understand that each of us has a unique relationship with God, and therefore I feel that the way that we connect with God um, can also be unique. So, that, yeah, I think they're probably the main resources um, that I would use. Awesome. Well, we have a lot of listeners who are not community of Christ or who may not know what the daily bread is. So could you tell yeah. us a little bit more about that? And do you know the website that we could sign up or anything like that? Oh, that's an excellent. I think if you just go through the community of Christ um, website um, and type into the little search daily bread, there it'll pop up there. And then there's also a link um, to get to subscribe to that, to get it sent to you, um, emailed to you. Um, and th- what it is, is it's people's, it's just kind of short stories um, that people tell about um, their experiences, where they've encountered God as they've gone about their day-to-day life and and how that has shaped them and shaped um, their decisions or their choices. And then that's often associated with a little scripture and then a little practice. And so that could be um, just a, a breathing prayer or a, a walking um, prayer or just taking a moment and, and sitting or it could be writing a, a line so that's then associated with just something to to try your hand at a different sort of practice um, and a, a statement to to think on or to pray on awesome thanks for explaining that um and i do want to go back to the book by mandy smith making a mess with god i have no idea what it means and i don't know what's in it because i've never heard of it before but it sounds like it might be good for children maybe it is good for all ages let me just double check that i have the it's making a mess and meeting god sorry making a mess and meeting Uh, god cool meeting god is, is what it's called um, and so it's got some really, I guess one of the activities in it that's really cool that we've done before is it um, requires you to to look at your fingerprint and to um, study that and to, to then try and draw that bigger on an A4 page and, um, and in that process think about your uniqueness and how God made you just the way you are. Um, and so when I've done it with a congregation before, I've, then had people write some of their giftedness and some of those blessings that, that God has bestowed on them um, around that or in amongst that, and then we've kind of displayed it around the room. So it's just got a, a couple of creative, different ideas um, of, of ways to, to engage and to, um, to recognize the God in us and around us and, and through all things. That sounds awesome. And what a great activity. Hmm. Yeah, so it's good for kids or good for older people. Um, However, with the older people, you need good light because it's hard to see your fingerprints. Um, (laughs) Ah, excellent tip. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, just so you're aware. (laughs) Um, Maybe even with me, you'd need good light because, oh, never mind. I'm kind of an old person. I get it. Oh, gosh, Cass, I have just so appreciated talking to you. I I really think you're a breath of fresh air, and I just appreciate you sharing your story and uh, what how you best connect with the divine. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Is there anything that you wanted to say that you didn't get a chance to say or that I went over too quickly? Let me think. For me, I've always um, r- really struggled with spiritual practices, and 
what it meant. Um, I really appreciate in the in the podcast with um, David and Katie how they both kind of said that they are not experts in spiritual practices, and I would definitely agree. For the longest time, the whole um, group of people that connect best with God through spiritual practices, I would call um, staring at a candle people. Um, spiritual practices were sitting still and, and staring at a candle and hoping something happened. And so for me, it's it, that's been a real struggle to understand spiritual practices in a different way. And so I guess um, about three or four years ago, I came across a bunch of people that had really different spiritual practices. And, and for example, my, um, my boss here in, in Australia is building a boat as a spiritual practice. And I was reading a book by Rob Bell, which is called um, What We Talk About When We Talk About God. And in it, he mentions how um, the God element, having God involved in things can take an ordinary event and make it um, so much more. In that moment, it becomes transcendent. And he, he speaks about how a meal with friends can be a meal with friends, but it can also be a transcendent moment when God is a part of that. And for me to understand... Any ordinary activity that's done with special intent and special focus to bring God into it has then expanded my definition of what a spiritual practice is. So it's no longer just having to sit in a darkened room and stare at a candle, but it can be the way that you go for a bushwalk or the way that you drink a cup of coffee and all the way you attend dance class, it's about that intentionality and inviting yourself to be open to God's spirit in that moment. Amen, sister. Amen. Ah, I loved that. Thank you so much for saying that. Thank you. And also, thanks for being on the podcast, for taking time out of your your busy schedule to talk with us. I appreciate your, as always, interesting take on spiritual practices and for, you know, just sharing something that, that, that is so personal. So thank you so much for being part of this, Cass. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of it. It has been um, an interesting um, challenge to think about my spiritual practices and to think of ways to articulate um, my spiritual practices. And I don't know if I really did them justice, but as often is the case when it comes to spiritual things, it's very hard. It's hard. It's hard to find the right words. That's true. But I think you did great. Thanks again, Cass. The views expressed in this episode are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect the official views of the Latter-day Seekers team or of Community of Christ. The music has been provided by Ben Howington. You can find his music at mormonguitar.com.
Hi, and welcome to the blah. I guess, um, for me, I've always really, I, I, I guess, 